Welcome to Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm your host, Megan Pastrana. Falling in love is exciting. Maintaining a healthy relationship takes work. And when you're going through an immigration process, you are faced with unique challenges. This podcast is for anyone in a cross-cultural relationship who finds themselves lost in the labyrinth of U.S. immigration. We will interview relationship experts, explore the stories of real couples, and provide important tips on starting the next chapter of your lives together. Hi, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode. I have an amazing guest with me here. Alia is with me here today. She is a love coach. And I know that here on Navigating Love and Immigration, we've, we've spoken with a lot of different relationship experts. But the thing that's different about Alia is that she really works with individuals on that, that idea and that really important self-love, the love that we have for ourselves, because that's so important, so foundational and letting us and allowing us rather to have strong relationships outside of ourselves, be it with our partner, our spouse, our family. And also she has gone through her own immigration journey and she has so much wisdom to share. And I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I am too. I know when we've talked before, you just have so much wisdom to share from your own personal journey and experience. And then just your work in the world is so beautiful. And I I think something that when we were talking before, something that I see with couples who are going through the immigration process, and I know that resonated with you too, is that you're going through this immigration process. You're excited about this other person uh, that you have found but you put so much emphasis on the immigration case and on your relationship and you kind of start to lose touch with yourself or forget how to have self-love for yourself. And then also that that immigration case becomes a third wheel and it can cause a lot of stress. It can put a lot of um, pressure on that relationship. And we say, you know, we always say to our couples, I love that quote, that pressure can burst pipes or make diamonds. And so I think with your work in the world, it's really about being intentional and letting that experience be the making diamonds for yourself, for your self-growth um, and for your relationship. And so I'd like, I'd like to really start by turning it over to you and having you talk a little bit more about your work in the world. So I focus on unconditional self-love and I'll just explain why unconditional word is in there and not just self-love. Because most of us, we do love ourselves to some extent. Otherwise, we won't feed ourselves. We won't rest. We won't even bathe if we are not loving ourselves. But then when, when the love becomes unconditional, that's when I can accept myself exactly the way I am. So there's no self-criticism. There's no like, you know, I am not enough anymore. Or like, you know, why this person is better than me? Why can't I have that? Like low self-esteem, low self-worth, all those parts. And most importantly, self-trust. All those parts, they start to heal when we go to the unconditional level of self-love. I feel like it's more on that transformational side than self-awareness side. We truly start to become a different version of ourselves. And as we were just having a conversation, that is where we actually get to come closer to our higher self, our truer self. That is the power that came in this body. And, you know, that is walking around as Alia. So when I fall in love with that soul, unlimited, powerful being that is capable of doing anything, that's unconditional self-love. 
that's when I can look at all the different parts of me and I can say, you know, I am complete, even though my body doesn't feel like I am complete. My nervous system doesn't feel like complete. So it's really uh, connecting with that deeper, truer part of us. And the most important, like, you know, fascinating thing that happens that I personally experienced, and that's why I'm so passionate. When I connect my, with myself at that deeper level, I can connect with other people at that level. So all my relationships, they, they got uplifted with friends, with family, with my ex-husband. I feel like at this point, I actually fall in love with him after the divorce. (laughs) Before, it was more like conditional. And afterwards, as I am going deeper within myself, I can see him and everyone else involved, including my child. I can see everybody as that higher being, that higher power that that is in this body. So that's why I am such a big proponent of unconditional self-love and everyone taking that deeper dive into learning those foundations that really make us stand as tall as we can. I love, I really, I love that, that concept, the unconditional self-love. And I know when you and I have spoken before and we're both in a, you know, a, a group together, we both are dedicated to personal, personal growth and evolution. But I want to have you talk a little bit more that it, the importance of unconditional self-love, I know we talked about, is because if you don't have that, then you're looking externally, right, to have your needs met. So can you talk about if you don't have that, if you're not focused on developing that, how can that negatively impact your relationships? Yeah. So the way I have understood it, when that soul come in the body and we are born, now, again, it, it, it would require somebody who actually believe in a soul. <laughs> so a bit of my work is spiritual as well. So let's say if you do believe that there is a soul that comes in the body and then you're born, it's the soul that is supposed to lead. But because we are disconnected from it and we are not taught to connect with it, we are not taught, taught to connect with that inner wisdom, that higher power that's within us. We start to live from the conditioning that we go through, that we all are in the process of unlearning. When, when we are living life from that place, I need to be somebody that's accepted, that's better, and we are disconnected from that higher self. We start to feel a hole inside of us. And then how do we fill that hole? Getting good grades, being the best student, then, you know, getting the best car, best house, best spouse. Like, we are so focused outward. And to be honest, I was in a very loving relationship. I had a very fulfilling career. But I felt so empty and I didn't know why, because I'm not connected with who I really am. So at one point when I was in the deepest of depression, I realized, okay, something has to change within me. It's not in the other person. It's not outside. And when I started taking that journey to go inward and really connect with that power that's within me, start listening to it, start coming more on that side. and. It, it almost feels like I am coming back to me. I'm coming home. I am not abandoning myself anymore. So then I become my own rock. I become my own foundation. So I, then I start trusting myself that even if someone leaves me, I'll be okay. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what we do when we are focused outward, if someone is trying to leave you, we hold on tighter. We abandon ourselves even more. It's like, oh, let me try to change this way so I, I can hold on to you closer. 
But when, when I started coming more into my own center and I started realizing, hey, I am more than just the body that I see, it just really brought me to that place of surrender that I don't need to chase anything. Even if I have nothing, I'm still complete. So I tell my clients, when you get to a point that you can be a homeless living under a bridge and still in love with yourself, that's called unconditional self-love. Where none of the love and the emotion that you give to yourself has to do with what I have achieved. And that is a hard thing to do because we are, we are competitive beings. From very young age, we are taught to be competitive and do better than our siblings and our neighbors and uh, you know our classmates. So we do always look at ourselves: am I better than that person? But with unconditional self-love, we come to a place where it becomes, am I really being who I am? Mm-hmm. That's it. Am like there's no competition. There's no looking outward. There's no trying to go fix everybody else. There's no chasing love. And when we become that light, like we let that light shine through us, we attract so much love, mm-hmm. so much love. Not just the intimate partner, but we actually attract very loving, genuine people to ourselves. And life becomes so much easier and happier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you're not looking like I, I'm really grateful for your vulnerability and for you sharing, you know, personally when you were saying that you felt like there was that, that hole or something that was like missing or needed to be filled. You're right. When you look for that externally, that's not where it's at. It's, it's inside. It never works out. It never works out. And I work with a lot of single um, uh, people as well. And the first call, this is what they would say. I just want to find the love of my life. And you know, when we get into the conversation, I, I help them understand, yes, you will find the love of your life, but you'll be married in this beautiful marriage in a beautiful home, but you're still going to feel lonely exactly the way you're feeling right now. So let's first fix that where you're not feeling lonely while, while you're alone. And then when the person shows up in your life, then you're going to build or you're going to show up as a very different, like, you know, partner. You're not going to be uh, from a place of like, you know, I need you. I need to, you to fill me up. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to hear all your energy. I was mm-hmm. that. I was that <laughs> myself. I think we've all been that. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, we've all, we've all been that. And I think in our moments where we, yeah, you'll feel needy and, and looking for some, you know, looking for that externally. I think that's part of the human experience for, for everyone. So I, yeah. I will admit that that's been an experience that I've, I've had as well. And I, another really great friend and mentor of mine always kind of describes it as there's you, there's the other person and there's the union. It's kind of three separate yeah. things. And you have to really, that's what I'm hearing from you too, is you have to think of it that way. There's exactly. you as the individual, you have to provide yourself with that unconditional love. You don't look for that externally. Do you have that, the union and you do the same thing, you know, for your union. And so I think that's really, yeah, that's really beautiful. And I appreciate that vulnerability. Would you be able to share a little bit about, you know, your immigration experience and how, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe how that unconditional love hadn't really, unconditional self-love hadn't developed and how that impacted your immigration journey in your life? Yeah. So when I went through the immigration process with with my ex-husband, I was in my mid-20s. So the wisdom was not really there I'll just say that it's not there for any and, of us in the 20 in our 20s and, and you know it was one of the most stressful I would say about 
12 to 13 months of my life from the time, like, you know, I filed in March of like one year and then he didn't come till like, you know, April or May of next year. And during that process, I would say I completely abandoned myself and our relationship too. And the only focus was let's get all the paperwork done. Let's get this thing done. No email should go. Like I, mean, I was doing it myself. I was not working with an attorney. Another thing that I have learned. <laughs> and then, you know, when the other person, maybe they didn't send in the document at the same time, there was such a buildup of resentment. Like, don't you want to be with me as much as I want to be with you? So it's very easy for those emotions. I, I believe no matter what age we are, it's very easy for those emotions to creep in. Like, you know, immigration or being together becomes like such a focus that we forget about hey, we are two people in love and we need to also be in love with each other. If the other person is not here and they can't provide me with that emotion, I need to provide myself with that emotion to begin with. So anyone who's going through that process right now or who's about to get into that process right now, I would say, make sure you have a plan how you're going to nurture yourself during this time. Like really have a plan how you're going to nurture yourself and your relationship while this stressful process is going on. And sometimes it can stretch. That year felt like 10 years to me. I still remember crying one day in my room and my mom came into my room, still living with my parents. Like, you know, from her level of wisdom, she could see like, you know, hey, it's only a year. But from my place, because I was hyper-focused on that process, it was like, end of the world, but it's not happening tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is very unhealthy, very unhealthy. I didn't know at that time. So if in that, now that I look back, I'm like, hmm, why didn't I just go out and have fun <laughs> for that one year? Hindsight's 2020, right? And, but yeah. you're sharing your wisdom with others. So hopefully, you know, they can yeah. learn from that. And, and, and I really have, really having a plan. How am I going to nurture myself? in this one year, two year, it's going to take for us to get together. Yeah. I so relate to that. Um, when I went through the immigration process as well, like very similar experience where I wasn't on that intentional growth journey and hadn't, you know, fully learned important tools and mechanisms to, to deal with, with stress. And I did experience that hyper-focus on the case. And you're right. Like, checking the, the case status on the immigration website every day. Uh, they, they say, what is it? The, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. And like, like really 12 hours later to check it every day that that mm-hmm. was going to be helpful. And that same feeling of just so hyper-focused and attached to that case, forgetting about that present moment and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's such, I, I love that you're sharing that as advice. You know, um, now that I look back in that moment, it felt like, only if this thing worked out, I would feel better. Mm-hmm, yep. When I when I actually did, it wasn't true. I did not feel any different. It was just like, oh, okay, this he's gonna be here now. The case is resolved. That that emptiness didn't go away. Tell so, me about that more. That like, why was that? Like you know, I was focused on like only if he will be here with me, I'm going to feel better. And then he was here with me, and I still didn't feel better. Because in my mind was telling me like, you know, being with somebody or especially him because I was so in love with him is going to fix how I'm feeling. 
But then when he was here, and this is me be, being like extremely honest right now, extremely honest because we I are have, extremely grateful. <laughs> I, I have I have really sat down with myself and I have those honest conversation with myself. I remember, uh, I believe it was um, third day he was here, and we have moved into our own uh, place, and it was a fourth floor, and I was sitting in the in the window and looking at New York City view. I live close to New York City. I felt so sad, like so sad. And I did not know why I'm feeling so sad, like easier. It's all good now. Why this feeling is not going away. And I remember him coming to me and he's like, what's wrong? And I just told him like, you know, I'm just tired and this and that, like all kinds of excuses. That time I didn't know what it was, but it was just like, you know, again, there was something outside of me. I thought that once I have this, I'm going to feel better, but that's not true. Once I had me, I felt better. Mm-hmm. So whatever we are trying to chase, whether it's like, you know, having that perfect relationship, having that perfect person right next to us, it's not really going to make us feel better. Yes, it's part of our life. Yes, we need companionship. But getting ourselves truly like having ourselves immigrate into our bodies. <laughs> I like that. That's a really that's what's really going to make us feel better. So if I go through the same process again, where I am present for myself, I am not going to be focused on what's happening because I am present with myself. I'll be available for my spouse with such a compassion too. If he will start to stress out, I'll just say, hey, it doesn't matter. We are here. We are sharing this moment. Maybe we are sharing it on a video call right now. It doesn't matter because again, I already have me. I'm already complete. So nothing outside of me is telling me, hey, you're incomplete and you need to get me to feel complete. So I think that would be like a different perspective after the wisdom that I have gone through (laughs) or gained through this experience. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for your, again, for your vulnerability and sharing. And I and I, I just feel that I need to share too with listeners. I know this is a much different maybe vibe or a, a way of, you know, talking about the immigration process in a relationship. And I, I want to make sure that when you're listening to this, that it maybe doesn't seem uh, pessimistic. I don't find this to be negative or pessimistic at all. And the reason that I really, when you and I were talking that I thought, oh my gosh, we need to have a conversation is because I see that I've helped, you know, thousands of couples, my team and I go through the immigration process and we, we tell them that this immigration case becomes like a a third wheel. And it's that other thing that, that other person, the immigration case, you're right. They're the external things that we are thinking uh, when we are together and when we complete our immigration case, then I will be happy. But what I'm hearing from you is you find that happiness now and in, in the present because what I see with couples, and I'm not saying that that's, that's the only reason, but it's, it's a big reason is that either, you know, halfway through the immigration case, close to the end or, or after when they're, when they're together, we see individuals who their relationship doesn't work out or they get divorced. And it's because they, they have, they've been hyper-focused on the external, not looking for that peace within. And it breaks my heart when the relationship doesn't work out. And so I think this advice is just so you can be aware and and, and proactive and, and understand this concept so you can find that here and now for yourself mm-hmm. and for your union, right? 
like for for ourselves and also keep nurturing the relationship too like don't put mm-hmm. it on a pause just because you know you have to submit more documents or this or that because you know in that moment to be honest it felt like i have to prove something and i was like why do i have to prove this to the world like mm-hmm. you know in that moment like my love and my relationship is so important that we should be together no matter what <laughs> like you uh-huh. know why these rules even exist like uh, we start having that kind of inner conversation so frustration does come from that but really uh, focusing on, hey, how can I f- nurture my relationship while we, we are maybe in different continents? Uh, how can I nurture my relationship with, with myself? So when it does work out, when we are together, there are no gaps. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, because it's what you're saying too, it's almost like when, you know, when the couple finally is able to come together, I often see an almost like who are you and who am I? Like this existential angst, right? It's like, uh, oh my gosh, we were we were so like like this, like with like if for those who are only listening, just have like these blinders on, and you're just like paperwork, paperwork. Why isn't it yesterday? This isn't fair. This is annoying, and it's not a good mindset, you know, to be in for a prolonged period of time. And then you're like, oh wait, we didn't nurture that union throughout that process. So. Can you, would you be able to share a little bit about, I know couples will say, but we're, it's, it's, it's really hard. We can't go on dates. We're in two separate countries. We're on different time zones. What would you say to people who are focused on all of the reasons that they, they can't nurture their union? I mean, you know, living in today's uh, day and age, you know, we can have a video call anytime that we want, really making our, our relationship priority. So how I coach myself and my mind now going forward in my life and building that relationship, marriage or immigration or living together, those are all outside things. But if two people have come together and they like each other, that's a union of at our soul level. So we are kind of together already. Yes, everything else is going to take time. The marriage is going to take time or the immigration is going to take time. So keep focusing on, I am connected with the soul. How can I feel his soul? or how can I feel her soul or whoever the partner is really focusing on soul level and feeling their heart. So what I tell my clients is like, you know, really feel the heart and send the energy of love or even feeling your heart, your energy of love. Just when, when you're talking to them, just put your hand on your heart and then talk. It's a very different experience. And there's so many other tools that we can incorporate where, where the couple can stay connected. Outside of just like, you know, text messages or I ate this or I ate that. Like when they are on the on the call, really seeing each other, staring each other in the eye, seeing that soul that had agreed to, you know, come in this communion with them. Mm-hmm. So those little things can keep them connected where the relationship stay, still stay priority while everything else is, you know, still in the process. Yeah, yeah we, can, exactly. we can do that when we show up with ourselves with that kind of compassion and love. Like I, I, it's it's a practice of mine. I I look in the mirror, I look in the eyes, and I try to see my soul. And I tell myself, I love you, beautiful you are. Like I I do that practice with me, so it's so much easier for me to just look you in the eye and just say that, like you know. So then we can carry that practice with anybody. And it's not awkward and weird, but it's it does something so magnificent on energy level. Like if me and you just did that practice right now, you're going to feel 
you're going to feel something so magical, like your your body would feel because that's energy of love. Mm-hmm. And they can do that no matter where they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's so powerful to, you know, to, to know that now I know when, when I think back to my husband and my immigration journey, some of my outlets weren't healthy. I liked, I I like my sugar, right. You know, Ben and Jerry's and Netflix. And then I thought, nope, this isn't helping me to, to process my emotions, you know, in a healthy way. And so we both, we both made some rules about when we are, you know, together or if it's at a distance, you know, by video and things like that, that will be present and we won't talk about the case and that we'll encourage each other to pause or to do things that make us feel uh, fulfilled and walking and things of that nature. But I, I think one of the things I wish I knew, it's so simple, but like exactly what you're saying, that making that, that connection with yourself. And I like the, like you said, you know, we've talked about before, putting a hand on your heart and on your stomach. And just when you're feeling that, for me, it for me it, uh, it it comes up as like a buzzing when the anxiety or stress are present. You know, you just feel like your mind is racing, and to just take that minute, a hand on the heart and the stomach, and just just breathe. You're right. That or or looking like you said, looking at yourself in the mirror, or looking at your partner, and just you know, a breath or a presence can really shift that that feeling of stress and anxiety. So I appreciate that you you share that. And, and you know, just always keeping in mind. Uh, we can still feel the person. So if you cannot touch the person, you can still feel them. And you can touch them energetically through energy of love. Mm-hmm. And um, that has been like a very powerful concept or tool to learn for me to really connect with other people. Sometimes I do that with my son too when he's in school. I <laughs> <laughs> can feel you still. But it, it is very powerful when we start connecting with each other on such a deeper level. So when we are going to be together with that person, it just makes it even uh, more of a deeper relationship because it takes it beyond what we can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that, that deeper connection is, is so important, especially now with, with the immigration process taking several years, often, oftentimes for individuals who are engaged or married to make, make sure that you're not like spending that entire time just, you know, buzzing with anxiety and stress and just being grateful for what's here and, and now, because that's going to be so important for your own, you know, personal mental health, and then also for your, exactly. your union. I know we could talk forever and I want to be respectful of your time. And so is there anything that you want else that you want to share with couples going through the immigration process? And also please share how, how, how people can get in contact with you. So, yeah, I would like to say, I know it's easier said than done. Be present for yourself, no matter what you're going through in life, just be present for yourself and you're present for yourself. You'll be present for your you know, partner as well. And every process is going to become easier. And the easiest way to get in touch with me is if anyone would like to take a deeper dive into unconditional self-love, just Google Alia, the love coach. You'll find me on social media. Just send me a DM, just a conversation. Uh, Sometime can really uh, reveal so much about our own relationship with ourselves. So I invite you to reach out to me. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I I follow you on all of your social media platforms. And I, if 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 you want to just, you know, for those who are listening or watching, I highly, I highly recommend it. Alia, you're always posting such inspirational information and things and just reframes. I think a lot of what you post are just nice reframes 
And I highly encourage anyone who's going through an immigration process, or even if you're not, you know, to follow you, because I think some daily reframes are so, so powerful. So I just feel like it's so easy to abandon ourselves when we are focused in the, in the outer world talk about being a parent it's like that's the one thing we do the first thing we do abandon myself and let me just take care of the kids but the power is within us once we stay anchored there we can create anything without stress and anxiety exactly yeah that stress is a choice and then you can yeah we choose choose the experience that you want to have for your immigration exactly. case in life so thank you again so much it's been a pleasure i love i love talking to you and i'm so grateful that you for your vulnerability and sharing your time and wisdom with our audience here today so thank, thank you, so, you much. so much thank you so much megan for having me it's been wonderful having this conversation likewise 